Hello, and welcome to the Blossom Your Awesome podcast, episode number 44. Today on the show, motivational speaker Johannes Atlas is here with us, and he is inspiring people all over the country. Johannes is teaching people how to let go of trauma and unconscious emotional baggage. He is also the founder of the organization Speaking to the You in You. I am so honored and delighted to have Johannes here with us, sharing his wisdom, insights, and light. Johannes, thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the show. Hey, yes. Good afternoon, Sue. Thank you for the invite here. How are you doing today? Oh, I am well. How are you? All is well. All is well. I can't complain. I woke up this morning, so it's a good day. Hey, I love that. That's a great way to start your day. Positive attitude. Um, so let's jump right into this. Johannes, tell me, give me a little of your background and how you got into this line of work. And then we're going to dive into the particulars. Yeah. So, all right. Um, <clears throat> so like you said, my name is Johannes Atlas. We'll start from the very beginning. <laughs> um, and so I was actually born with Poen syndrome. So just to give you an idea here, uh, my right hand can literally fit in the palm of my left hand. So Poen syndrome is characterized by the underdeveloped chest and arm muscles. So uh, my so I'm, it's all on my right side, and I don't have any chest muscle on my on my right side. So uh, growing up, I played a number of sports. I wasn't very conscious of my hand until about high school, but growing up, I played a number of sports. And the thing that I'm grateful for is that it taught me. It made me pretty much have to figure things out because I couldn't necessarily do everything like how everybody else would but I had to figure out how it's gonna work for me. So when I played baseball, for example, I would catch and throw with my left hand. So I would catch the ball, take the glove off, grab the ball with my left hand and then throw it as a quick little exchange. And so the thing for me was like, uh, in growing up, it was, was how can I? And this is something that's you know obviously still with me today. Is like if I don't, if like I said, I can't do everything like everybody else can. Okay, well, how can I do this? And so it gave it gave me the mind to figure things out. So I did uh, baseball, basketball, football, tennis, and Muay Thai as well. And so another thing that I'm very grateful for is that for one, my my parents um, they never like babied me growing up. They you know treated me just like a regular kid because I mean I to, I am a regular you know I was a regular kid and so. Um, uh, you know, like I said, it wasn't never, it was never like really these huge conversations. It was just, Hey, you know, go do your thing. And then another thing, like my mom told me a lot was people are going to talk about you till the day you die. And so that was another little, uh, thing that that one kind of didn't really catch on with me. Like I heard her, but it didn't really catch on until like a little bit later in my life, like my early, earlier twenties. But, um, so getting into high school, that's when I, like I said, I became more conscious of my hand. And because, you know, in high school, everybody wants to, you know, fit in and be cool. And so because I wanted to fit in and be cool, ideally, my hand wasn't cool to me. And so I, I hid my hand in my pocket, like rigorously all the time. If I wasn't doing something where I needed both hands, my hand was always in my pocket. And so just throughout the years of being in high school, it just it felt like this prison I, I put myself in because I was afraid of what people would say and of the of the reactions and the responses I would get from people making fun of me and stuff like I I let that stuff get to me and so I hid my hand in my pocket all the time and so then getting out of high school <clears throat> uh you know in college and then I end up getting involved with this finance firm 
where though we talked about finance it was more like a leadership and self-development course. And so it was in being involved with them, you know, they taught us to, you know, think bigger, you know, think, you know, of, you know, greater possibilities, basically just that they expanded our thinking a lot. And so uh, very grateful for, you know, being involved with them. And then um, it was between being involved with them. I wanted to, I wanted to grow. Like I wanted to, I just, I wasn't liking, you know, the, Thing of me just hiding my hand in my pocket all the time. It just it wasn't sitting right with me, and so I ended up getting involved with the uh, with the Riverside uh, Chamber of Commerce, and I was literally nervous to get involved with them because, uh, and even getting involved with this finance firm too, because you know business one on one, you look somebody in the eye and you give them a firm handshake, and I did not want to be reminded of all the reactions and facial expressions I would get from when I would shake people's hand and all the responses. I didn't want to be reminded of that. And so I was literally nervous for that reason. But like I said, I wanted to get out of my comfort zone. I want to grow. I'm tired of, you know, being in this prison. And so, so I do it anyways. And so um, doing that and then I, you know, I, it, it helped me, all of that helped me get out of my comfort zone just a little bit more. And so it was between that and being involved with, uh, with church actually, where toward the end of service, you know, we do an altar call and then just seeing people come up and dealing with life and especially, some of these, I mean, some of just the most macho men up at the altar crying, dealing with life. And, and it just, it touched me. And so that's why I initially got involved with, uh, why I ended up getting into public speaking, because I just wanted to help people, you know, in any way that I can, just seeing people dealing with life and seeing people struggling. I, at a younger age, I didn't get it. Now I understand a little bit more. Um, and so, so that was that. Um, and so I, some years back, I think this is about 2019. Like I've, you know, felt like I, I came out of my shell a lot. I've grown a lot, but it still felt like that little, there's just like a little bit still there. I didn't quite know what it was. And so one day I prayed, I'm like, Lord, open up my eyes to me beyond the limitations of my understanding. And because I, one thing I'll say, you know, you definitely got to be careful what you pray for, <laughs> but um I pray that. And because I was really ready for the answer, it was about a week and a half, two weeks later, God had opened up my eyes to back in high school in those moments of when I did get teased and I did get made fun of. It was what I had made those moments mean. And so he opened up my eyes to that. In those moments, I made it mean that I'm not enough. That's what I made it mean. Because mm. when you look at it from a camera's point of view, nothing in that situation says that I'm not enough, but that's just the meaning I chose to add to it. And so that was something that carried with me throughout, you know, throughout my life. And so as I grew in my awareness and I paid attention to myself, I saw how when I would interact with people, you know, I would behave in such a way because I wanted them to like me. I wanted them to approve of me. I wanted it, I wanted that social acceptance. And so I would behave in a way that's other than who I naturally am. Because I was afraid of them not liking me, or I was just afraid of their opinion. And so, um, so since then, it's it's been a growing process. And and uh, um, uh, I started doing social. I started doing videos on social media when I first got involved in finance. Uh, so it was like a Motivation Monday and a Finance Friday, and then uh, then it progressed to you know just you know uh, just regular you know motivational videos. And now I kind of found a bit of a niche in in healing and just helping people grow and overcome our emotional baggage and our trauma. Mm, I love that, Johannes. That is so cool. Like there, okay. There's so many things that you've said 
that I have to speak to. And I just, it, and it speaks volumes to your just kind of awareness and what you're doing for yourself. Right. So let me ask you now, what was it about you? Cause there's a certain something here like where, you know, you're like, well, how can I do it? How can I do it rather than being a victim? Okay. I can't do it the way everybody else does it, but how can I, rather than saying, oh my God, I can't, or, you know, why me? Right. So what do you think that was for you? Where does that come from? Um, I'm going to attribute that to, to my parents, just, you know, my environment, you know, growing up, um, you know, my daddy's, I would say both of my parents, they've just been active and, you know, doing a number of things, um, you know, just different businesses and ventures and whatnot. And uh, my dad, he's, he's a, my dad is very wise. Um, he's got a lot of, a lot of knowledge and wisdom. And so um, just that showing, just sh- showing the, that example, having that example in front of me all the time, it's, you know, it just gave me a mind to, I mean, I, I have to do this and, you know, is so, you know, I got to figure this out. So I don't know how to, I can't do it like that, but okay, well, how can I do this? So I don't, I don't know. It was just a, it just, it just kind of came to me. Mm. Okay. And now, um, you know, I will say, um, I love to see macho men cry too. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> I'm kidding, but you know, not in that context, in a, but it's nice to see, cause it's really, it's very humbling. And I'm saying that I'm being, yeah. but you know, it really is to, cause there's so much stigma, especially for men. I mean, for women too, right. You have to be feminine. You gotta be pretty. You gotta be thin. You gotta be all of these things. Mm-hmm. And then for men, it's that whole other, right. You gotta be tough. You gotta be strong. You can't show your emotions. And so there really is, um, something so beautiful and powerful about seeing, um, you know, men cry. I just think it's amazing. It's like just so much strength and power it takes to show that vulnerability. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny in, in being involved in, uh, in ministry. And I like, I'm like my pastor's assistant. I'm not an assistant pastor, but an assistant to the pastor, (laughs) but, um, I know a little difference, (laughs) but, um, but no, I'm involved. We have like a a group that's called ministry and training. So I'm, I'm involved with that, but, um, just, I think it, it's it's opened up my eyes a lot to just as people. One thing that, and I, I talked to my pastor about this very recently. I was like, you know, it's it's funny. One thing I've noticed is that we're all we're we're all soft. Everybody, we're we're all as much of as a facade as we put on, and and you know, just we we put on this front, and you know, in society, and you know, we don't want you know we because we you know we gotta kind of guard ourselves to an extent because you know we don't want people to see this side of us or you know whatever the case may be, but underneath all the layers and all the walls we put up, we're all soft, all of us. Mm-hmm. We we are all doesn't matter how like I said, the most macho of men, soft on the inside. We just got to get to that point, but. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. And I love, um, that you're seeing that at such a young age and acknowledging and kind of helping people be okay with that. I think it's so, uh, empowering to have, you know, men like you having this conversation and doing this work and saying, Hey, we're all soft and no biggie. I mean, no one's judging anybody. That's just is what it is. And it's okay. And that's beautiful. 
Yeah, and and exactly that. There, there, there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with it because we all have feelings, we all have emotions, we all have stuff that we deal with at the end of the day. And it's important to be able to have that group or those individuals that you can talk to vulnerably and to to help deal with whatever's going on because there's no sense in keeping all that inside because it's only going to do us more damage the more that we keep those things that are hurting us in. Mm-hmm. So it's important to just let it out and to be able to be yourself. Right. Yeah. Now, you know, another thing you said is, you know, you're okay going through high school and stuff. And then people are, you know, and kids, God, they can be so mean, man. (laughs) I mean, it's just really a wonder to me, like who the parents of these mean children are, you know, it's like when the bully, uh, you know, bullying or the school shooting happens, I'm just, and again, no judgment here on anybody, but I think, you know, people just, uh, everyone can always do better. Right. But yeah. Just, I mean, I was raised in a way where it's like, okay, you don't say mean things. You don't say hurtful things. You treat people the way you want to be treated, you know? And mm-hmm. um, that open dialogue is just so important for that. But another really amazing, incredible thing you said is it wasn't, it, it was what you made those moments mean. And God, I love that. That's so beautiful to see it that way. Like, so you're detaching yourself from the, you know, the meanness or that whatever somebody who's insecure and needs to put other people down. And it's no longer about, you know, you feeling insecure. It's like, Hey, I'm just, I'm giving this thing a meaning that's not serving me. Right. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's a lot of, and I'm I'm grateful because you know God has opened my eyes up to so much, and He's done such a work in me. But it, and in that, it takes a lot of uh, it's taken a lot of understanding, and taking the time to get in under a full understanding on the situation. Because for one, nobody can make us feel a certain way. Nobody can make me feel a certain way unless I allow them to. Mm-hmm. Nobody can hurt my feelings. Nobody can get on my nerves. Nobody can do anything unless I allow them to. And so another thing is that we have to, it's a, it's a point of taking responsibility for a situation because if I give the blame to somebody else, or if I put it in somebody else's hands, well, it's their fault and it's this and it's that, and they did this and it's on them, then I'm giving them my power and I can never do anything about it until they come and apologize or until they make up or until they do something. But in that, what if they never, what if they never come back? What if I never see that person again? What if they never apologize? Mm-hmm. Then I'm, then my feelings and my emotions and my well being, my way of being is at the hands of this, of this individual who, who knows if the, who knows what's going to happen. And so that's, that's a, a, that's not a good spot to be in, to give somebody that kind of power. And so another thing too, is that as ruthless as kids can be, (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, I think as kids, we tend to just be, kids can be victims of a situation Mm -hmm. because most kids, typically kids haven't really grasped the concept of choice and, Hey, there's another way. And I'm not saying all of them, but typically, you know, there, uh, I mean, for me, at least, you know, the idea of, Hey, I have a choice. You know, I don't have to just go in the path of my environment or I don't have to continue in what's been shown to me. It didn't come until, you know, my like mid 
early twenties. Um, but I mean, and even in that, that comes, that comes at different ages for everybody, mm-hmm. but especially as a teen, teens typically don't, it, it's not a concept that's really taught. And so kids don't really have that under have the understanding of that concept of, Hey, I can choose differently other than what's been shown to me. And so typically kids are just a, a, a victim of the situation that they're, like you said, they're just a victim of the situation that they're living in of, you know, what's been, of what's going on at home of, uh, you know, there's, there's, it blows my mind, the situation that some kids live in when they go home, mm-hmm. it blows my mind. And then they come to school and behave like nothing is going on, like nothing's happening. Or, you know, sometimes, you know, or just what's happening. It just, it comes out in another way or comes out in the form of bullying. It comes out in the form of whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but yeah, so it's, it's just, uh, it, it took a, a lot of understanding to, um, to, to get to that point of, uh, you know, seeing, seeing, you know, and, and, and coming to this point of how I feel now, but it's, I, I had to put the power back in my own hands to say, I'm not going to be a victim of this. I'm going to choose to feel differently, despite what's been handed to me, despite what happened to me, I don't want to feel this way anymore. I don't, I don't like how I've been feeling. And so I'm going to choose a different way of feeling. I love that. And you know, I'm all, one of the things I've um, kind of written extensively on and talk about a lot and share about a lot is forgiveness. So I think this, you're kind of, you know, this choosing where people don't realize, like you said, okay, someone does something to you and they disappear. I mean, are you just going to be like mad at them? Cause they haven't, you never got that. Sorry. Or are you able to choose and say, Hey, I don't want to be mad at this person anymore. Let me go ahead and let go of this baggage. So let me ask you, Johannes, where does that start for someone who's kind of doesn't know how to right? Cause a lot of times people have this victim state of mind, like things happen to them versus I allowed it, or I have a choice around how I'm going to react. Okay. This happened, but how you react to it, that is a choice. So for people who don't really see that or get that or feel stuck in some, you know, hurt or resentment, how do we begin to kind of choose to let go? Yeah. Choose that. Right. So I have a, I have an acronym. It's, 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 Dasif. I got to work on a sexier acronym. It doesn't really <laughs> catch just yet. I got to work on something else. But D A I. So it's D A I S F. So, like I said, I got to. I'm going to work on something better. But anyways, <laughs> so the first one is desire. We have to have. Firstly, it starts off with a desire. That the desire is the driving force for everything. Whatever it is that we're seeking in life, I mean, it could be whether it be as healing or, or you know, a relationship or you know, a business venture, anything. This is beyond what the topic that we're talking about. But desire is the first thing that we need to accomplish a thing. And it's it's the I have this quote: "It's the level of our desire will determine the rate at which we acquire." So how bad we want it will determine how soon we get it. Mm-hmm. So if our like desire is like the driving force, it's the triggering mechanism that'll, that'll, that'll get the engine going, that'll get the car moving. And so if we, first of all, we have to have the desire for the thing, the desire to be healed, the desire to, you know, to overcome the desire to, to forgive or, you know, whatever, whatever the situation is. So firstly, first and foremost, it is, we have to have the desire. Because if you don't want it, it ain't going to happen. 
Right. Secondly is awareness. Being aware. And this, I mean, they're all important. And But in that, awareness is so key. Awareness is so important. Awareness is very, 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 very important. And just being aware of what's going on within me and, you know, the thoughts and the feelings and the emotions that's happening within me and when they happen and why they happen and what's causing them to happen and, and just paying attention, paying attention so much to what's going on within me. So it's like, if I'm at a certain place, I notice that I feel this way, or if I'm talking to a certain person, I notice that I feel this way, or if I'm doing a certain thing, I notice that I'm feeling this way. So again, for me, when I would be talking to, you know, random people, you know, I would behave in a certain, in a particular way because I wanted them to like me. I wanted them to approve of me. I wanted that acceptance. And so I would behave in a little bit extra um, outside of, you know, my normal personality, because this is the thing, like for me, within my awareness, I noticed that there was a way that I would behave when I'm by myself. There was another way when I'm with my friends or family. And then there's another way when I'm with you know, everybody else, acquaintances, strangers, and whatnot. And that's wrong in itself because there ought to be, there needs to be a unity in who I am. There's a, there needs to be a oneness because there's only one of me. I can't, I shouldn't be all these different people. There ought to just be one of me. Mm-hmm. And so, because, but because I wanted people to like me, I split myself up. Mm-hmm. But, um, so I took notice in that. And it would be when I'm talking to certain people, I've noticed, I'm like, why do I feel like this? And so this is the big question. That's the big question right here. As we take notice of our feelings, and this is the thing, it doesn't mean anything. As we notice our feelings, it doesn't mean anything. It's not right. It's not wrong. It's just what is. And at that point, we just need to investigate what's going on so that we can bring some solution to what's going on. And so here's the big question is, why do I feel this way? As I notice when I'm talking to certain people, I feel off. I feel different than what I than what I normally do. I ask myself, why do I feel this way? And if we are ready for the answer, if we are genuinely open to whatever the answer is, give it time and the answer will come. Mm. And just keep asking ourselves that question. Why do I feel this way? Give it enough time and the answer will show up. Mm-hmm. The third thing is our intention. Mm-hmm. We have to be very mindful of our intention. Am I intending to be healed? Am I intending to, you know, feel better? Am I intending to grow? Or am I intending just to, you know, like what, what's the cause? Why am I doing this? And the, the intention, it, we have to have pure intentions in why we do these things. Because if I'm doing it for the wrong reason, then it's not going to go well. Mm-hmm. Because I can, you can lie to somebody or you can get, tell somebody the truth with a, with a wrong intention, with a, with a negative intention. And it's not going to come out. It's not, not going to come out the same. Mm-hmm. And so when we do something, we have to be mindful of our intentions. Make sure, being sure that they're pure, right? And then the third thing, the fourth thing is, and this is, this is another one. This is a big one. I mean, they're all important. But <laughs> between awareness and this one, these ones are just so key is the S in this is surrender. Mm-hmm. Surrender or submission. Mm-hmm. But the willingness to surrender, to let go of what we're holding on to. So as I took notice that, hey, I notice, you know, I'm feeling this way because, you know, I want people to like me. Okay, why do I want people to like me? Because I feel like I'm not enough. Mm. I, there had to be a willingness to surrender that, to let go of that feeling, to let go of, you know, people 
liking me or people seeing me in a certain way. I had to be willing to let go of that so that way I can settle into myself and be who I am. And whatever that looks like, not everybody's going to like me. And that's okay. Not, every, not everybody. And this is another thing. Not everybody. So I am not for everybody. We are not meant for everybody. Not everybody's going to like me. And that's okay. I think it should be that way. Mm-hmm. With all these different personalities, somebody is not going to like me. If everybody likes me, that's a problem. Right, right. That, that, that's a problem if everybody likes me. Mm-hmm. So surrender. Letting go of what we're holding on to. There was a feeling, a particular feeling I was holding on to, that feeling of, you know, hey, I want people to like me. I was holding on to that. and There had to be a willingness to surrender. And so you have people that feel like they're not worthy, they're not lovable, they're not this or they're that. And and whatever it is, we have to be willing to let go of it. And it's hard. This is a hard thing. This this is like a cuss word to people. Like I'm I'm cussing them out. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. this is the most important. This is so important is the willingness to surrender these things, these traumas and these that the baggage that we're holding on to. We have to be willing to surrender these things because it's only doing us damage. It's only it's it's like a self-sabotage. It's it's hurting us on the inside the longer that we hold on to it. I did this example with uh with with uh with a friend of mine some time ago. I was I held these these uh uh, a, a case of waters and mm-hmm. it's like this if i'm holding a case of waters i can hold on to it for you know a couple minutes a few minutes maybe like five minutes ten minutes you know my arms is going to start to you know get a little shaky <laughs> they're going to start to get a little tired mm-hmm. you know 15 minutes 20 minutes goes by then my arm after a while my arms are going to get sore they're going to start to give out they're going to you know start shaking and eventually i'm going to let go of these waters because my arms can't take it anymore Mm-hmm. And so the longer I hold on to it, the more pain it's causing, the more hurt it's causing. And so it's the same way with our trauma, with our emotional baggage, whatever the case is for us, the longer we hold on to these things, the more damage it's going to do. Mm-hmm. And that pain is going to come out in some way, shape or form. It doesn't matter how much we try to suppress it. It doesn't matter how much we try to push it down or cover it up with other things. Or, you know, I went through this trauma and now, you know, I'm going to you know, keep myself busy so that I don't have to work, work it out and figure it out. I'm going to just keep myself, but it's going to come out in some way, shape or form, and you're not going to like it. So it's best that we just deal with it now. Be willing to surrender this thing. And then last, and then lastly, it's just having, it's having faith, mm. believing that what I'm seeking is going to come. The, the healing, the, the feeling, the wholeness, the purity, the love that I'm looking for, it's going to come believing that. And it will. And so that's my that's my my process there. It's desire, awareness, intention, surrendering, and then having faith. Mm, I love that. That is beautiful. And I will just say, I know exactly what you're. You know, I think you said surrender is one of the most important ones and the most the hardest one, right? Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think people, you know, a lot of times, and again, no judgment here. I've done it myself. We've all done it. But where it's like when you've been through something and it's kind of all you know is that hurt or that pain or feeling that way. And because it's so hurtful, it's so hard, you know, your kind of heart was so involved. It's so hard to let it go because it's almost like, okay, I got to let this person go or this idea of this love go or this whatever, you know, which is based in this kind of 
fantasy world, right? Right. I mean, we're, our idea of, you know, is like, okay, it's this perfect thing, but nothing's ever perfect. But yeah, letting go is like so hard for people. And it's so amazing and beautiful when we do, you know, it's just, you don't even know the magic and like just of liberation and freedom that comes with that is amazing. Yeah. And, you know, in that it's the, uh, what the, the part of it that make, you know, there's the obvious, but it's like what part of it that was what makes it really hard is it's like, after holding on to this for so long, it, it feels like I have to start over. Mm-hmm. It feels like starting over because just how you say, you know, it's like, this is what I know. And as people, we, we have this fear of the unknown. Mm-hmm. And so to, you know, for me, you know, I've been holding on to this, this for so long, I've been like this for all these years. And now you're saying I have to let go of this. And it's like, no, no, I, I it's like, as people, we'd rather stick to what we know than to, you know, what we, even though it's causing me pain, I know this, you know, I found that I figured out a system to make this work for me emotionally. You know, I have a predictable, I know what's going to happen here, but if I let go, then I'm stuck in the unknown. I don't know what's going to happen. I have to start over and figure it all out. And now I have to rebuild my life mentally and emotionally. And no, that's too much. And so that's just, and that's, that's like a, a, a big thing. That's kind of like the little, it's almost like, that's like the little process that we go through in our heads, but it just, it's, it's like that. It's in a sense where we're starting over, but sometimes, you know, we need to, we need to, we need to start over. Mm-hmm. We need that clean slate. Right. Yeah. Um, now talk to me about this idea of choices versus decisions, but help us understand that. Yeah. So, ah, okay. Let me see how much, I have a, a little uh, analogy here. How much do we, how much time do we have? Hey, we've got all the time, you know, I'm always open to going long. You're, I, you're good. So. Okay, sweet. (laughs) All right. So choices, choices versus decisions. So let's say that you've never been to a grocery store before. You don't know how it works. You don't know what it is. No concept of it. No understanding. It's foreign. Mm -hmm. So life is kind of like this. We go to a grocery store for our first time. And when we walk in, you know, we walk up to the grocery store and somebody is there immediately, uh, you know, right at the front door to tell us, you know, what to do to tell us how the grocery store works, how this is going to go and just telling us what to do. And then we go in and we grab a shopping cart and begin our shopping experience. So as we're walking up and down some of these aisles, you know, there's people there in all throughout the aisles. They're telling us, you know, what to get. You know, they recommend this. They're, you know, telling us to get that. They're throwing stuff in our basket. And we're not asking for any of this, but because we don't know, this is just how we think it is. Mm-hmm. So people are, like I said, people are just throwing stuff in our basket, telling us to get this, get that. And as you're, you know, going up and down the aisles, you might get a couple of things that you want that you see. You know, you might get a couple of things that you want, but for the most part, people are just throwing stuff in your basket and recommending you this and telling you to get that and go to aisle 17 and make sure you get that stuff over there. And by the end of your shopping experience, you end up with a basket full of stuff that you didn't ask for, nor that you probably didn't want. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the shopping experience, you end up having to pay for all of that. 
you end up paying for all of that. Mm-hmm. And so then you go home and you're trying to figure out what you're going to do, how this is going to work and, and, you know, trying to figure out where you're going to put everything and, and how you're going to make, and you know, what's, what's, what am I going to do with all this stuff? And so we get home and we put everything away where we think it would go. I think this can fit here. I think I can make this work into my life over here. I think, you know, I can, uh, you know, mentally manage this like this and, you know, just doing it where we think it would go. And so the point comes in where we have to take the choice, where we have to make a choice. It's, 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 it's weird. It's like, I don't I, I feel like we're like never taught this a concept of choice, but it's like eventually we have to realize that, hey, this doesn't have to be like this. I can gather all this stuff back, all, all this stuff that I gather from the store that I don't want. I can go, I can gather all this stuff back and go back into that grocery store and exchange the things that I don't want for the things that I do want. So that way, when I'm paying for what I want, I'm paying for the things that I do want versus the things that I don't want. And so choices is when we're, is going back into that, a choice is going back into that store and exchanging what we do want for what we don't want. But a decision is just sticking with what's been given to us. Mm-hmm. So it's like a choice is a, a choice is free will. Choice has a free will to it. I'm doing this because this is what I want. Despite what's been shown to me, despite what's been put before me, despite what everybody is saying, I'm choosing. I'm choosing to think a little bit bigger, to choosing to think a little bit outside of the box. Even though my situation or my circumstance doesn't align with my choice, even though everything around me says that, hey, this can't happen, I'm still going to choose this because this is what I want. Versus a decision, a decision is choosing something dependent upon the circumstance, depending upon what's before me. So my situation says, hey, you know, I don't have the money, you know, and I don't have a a babysitter helping with my kids. I don't have this and I don't have that. So I'm going to go with this. Mm. So there's a free will. There's a free will in it versus uh, a free will in choice versus in the decision it's there there's like chains attached to it mm-hmm. yeah it's kind so, of it's definitive it's really it's like okay you do this and then that's it's kind of done right it's this is the decision you made without really weighing your options right 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 or even considering even when you're in a tough spot that hey you know just okay, let me, I, I have to do this because I'm limited on, you know, my cash flow or whatever. So I just have to do this versus weighing out your choices. Is that right? Yeah. Cause then it's like in, in that, in just that, yeah, it's, it's because of my situation. This is what I'm doing versus, you know, Hey, you know, I know I'm in a tough spot and I don't have the cash or, you know, whatever's going on, but I'm still going to choose to do this business adventure. And this is the big thing here is when we commit to something, you will figure it out. Mm. When we really, despite what my situation says, so we're going to use that example that you're just saying. So it's like, you know, even though I, I don't have the cash and, you know, I got all these, uh, I got all these responsibilities and financially, you know, I'm tied here, 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 here. I got kids and this and that. And despite all of that, I'm going to choose to still do this business adventure. I'm still going to choose to go along with this. And we, when we, when we truly and really commit to something, 
if we give it enough time, things will align. And that thing that we were seeking will come into fruition. Because how our mind works is that it's whatever we choose to put in it. Our, our mind is like, it's like fertile ground. The mind is like soil. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what you plant in it. It can be, it doesn't matter if it's right or wrong, but because we believe it, it's true. Mm-hmm. And so whatever we choose to plant in this fertile ground, in this, in this mind of ours, it is going to grow. And that is what's going to come into fruition. The Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Our perspective is reality. Mm-hmm. So if we're choosing, if we choose to say, hey, despite what's going on, I'm going to do this and it's going to work. Eventually, the, the thoughts and the ideas will come into our mind that will that al- that'll align with our situation. The thoughts and ideas will come into our mind that'll help us get to where we're trying to go. And it's that, upon us at that point to just follow through with it. And give it enough time and it'll, what we're seeking for will come. But mm-hmm. we just have to be willing to, to kind of weather the storm a bit. Right. I love that. I love that, Johannes. I, I am an avid believer of that philosophy, right? Like I've, it's people say, oh, that's so competitive, or you can't do that, or you can't do this, or that's so hard. But it's like, you know, they're really, we're all running our own race. And I truly Mm. believe that you can do and become whatever you want to, once you choose it, like, it's just once you really commit to that, right. And you make that choice it's like okay then it's on then it's just like it's almost like you're just led you're divinely guided and those things that you start focusing on that desire like you were saying right how bad do you want so then you just it's like okay well here's there's all these little steps and it's not you're not going to get there overnight but it's like these little baby steps that all you know it's like writing a book you start with a page and then you know, a, a year later, you've got 200 pages and you have your book. Right. Yeah. Um, that's amazing. Johannes. Now I want to ask you, you have something that you refer to as the you in you. Tell us about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's a, that's my speaking organization speaking to the you and you. Uh, so that's, that's another, uh, uh God idea. Um, and so what, what it is, um, like I said, the name of my speaking organization, what it is, is if you ever been to uh, like a uh, uh, like a public speaking event or like honestly, like Les Brown or Tony Robbins or, mm-hmm. um, you know, Mel Robbins or, you know, you know, people, you know, people like that, you know, yeah. or so you're listening to a video and they're inspiring you and they're, you know, they're telling you all these great things that motivate you, that inspires you. And on the inside, you feel good. Like it makes you feel like you can accomplish the world and you get focused, you get lasered in on what you're looking for. And, and you're like, you're just, you're ready. You're just on fire at that point. You're like, I feel like I can run like 10 miles after that, you know? Mm -hmm. And so in those moments, what they're doing is they're speaking to the individual inside of you that wants to accomplish all these things. They're speaking to the spirit man that, that has already, because this is the thing. Everything that's happened, everything that's going to happen has already happened. Mm-hmm. Future-wise, everything that's going to happen, it's already happened. We just have to catch up with it. Mm-hmm. So there's a part of us, that spirit man, that has already seen the future, is here in our body right now, 
and that person is what gets on fire when we're you know when we're at these events Mm-hmm. And so they're speaking to that person, trying to pull that man out of us. So that way we can do what we need to do right now to accomplish those things. So speaking to the you and you is speaking to the you inside of you, speaking to the spirit man inside of you to pull that person out. So that way you can accomplish those things that you're looking to do. So that way you can get to the future that we're seeking mm-hmm. and have the life that we're looking for. Uh, I love that. Like everything you're saying, this is exactly my philosophy, Johannes. Like, you know, so the podcast is called blossom. You're awesome. And Mm. it came to me and it was really like, okay, it's we're blossoming the awesome. That's already there. Right. By sharing these helpful tips and guidance and, you know, just what I'm trying to do with this. It's like, it's not, Hey, let's become awesome. Or how do I be awesome? It's like, we're going to blossom. You're awesome. You already have that awesome. Right. Right. One of the things I always say to people is like, you know, you are here to be your most awesome. You it's in there. And that's why you're here. And like you say, when we go to these places to listen to these motivational speakers, or, you know, you have your students and people that come to you and you're out there speaking and inspiring. It's like, it's this yearning that we all have inside. Like you want to be inspired, right? So you just need that push because it's there. You just need someone to kind of fuel that fire. Yeah. Yeah. Just that. Wow. (laughs) I will say you have been amazing. You have been so awesome. And I'm going to just ask you in closing, what is your message for the world or what, like, what are some powerful, a powerful insight or wisdom, something that you would like to leave everyone with? Well, firstly, I would say, um, this is, I am, I am simply a vessel that God is using to, you know, to help people to, you know, he's got a purpose that he's using me to do to, to help, to help people. And so I'm simply a vessel. God is uh, the, the, all, everything that's happened in my life. It's all purpose for me to, it's all purpose to me to grow to this person who I am today and to who I'm going to be you know, 20 years from now. And I'm, everything is just, it's all, it's all by him. I'm, like I said, I'm simply just a vehicle here. Um, what I would say to people is to be patient with yourself. Don't be so hard on yourself. As we continue to, you know, as we continue to strive for what we're, what we're seeking, you know, it's, it's going to get tough. It's, you know, life is not easy. Life is not easy, but the more willing that we are to be patient with ourselves and stop being so hard on ourselves, you know, it's life is supposed to be enjoyable. We're supposed to enjoy this thing. Um, you know, don't be afraid to think a little bit bigger and, um, you know, seek for what your purpose is, you know, in our purpose, everything that we're looking for, because we're all searching for a specific type of, we're all looking for fulfillment and we'll find that fulfillment in what we are purposed to do. And the only way we can find our purpose is to find our creator because our creator created us for a purpose. That's what our true purpose is. And it's to get that relationship, right? Mm. Find that relationship for whatever that, whatever that is for you, find that relationship. 
because we're all here for a purpose. We're all here for a reason. And the, well, we will find our fulfillment in that and everything that we're looking for in life, the financial freedom, the, you know, the family, the peace of mind, the whatever it is, you will find that in your purpose. Despite what your situation says, despite what's going on in your life, if you choose to say, hey, you know, despite what's happening, you know, I'm going to, you know, go for this thing. I'm going to go for my purpose. I'm going to get my relationship right with my God. Um, you know, things will fall into a line in alignment. Things will fall in alignment. There are a number of tests that are going to come along the way. And this is the thing with life. When, t- when life gets when life gets tough and we go through these tri- tri- uh, trials and storms and tribulations and just life is happening to us these are just tests it's all just a test to see how to, to approve us for the next level to see how bad we really want it it's like you know you go through going through school you have to take a test to you know see if you learned what you know to see if you learned all the information previously and so it's the same thing here. We're going to go through tests in life. Life is going to happen. Things are going to get tough. But in that, can we, we have to be willing to stay strong in those moments and to use everything that we've learned and apply, uh, apply with all that we've taken from life. So that way we can continue to upgrade and get to the next level and get to where we're all supposed to be. Mm, I love it. Thank you so much, Johannes. You have been so awesome and so inspiring. And I just... Uh, thank you for your time today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Sue. It's been a pleasure. It's always a pleasure to be able to, uh, you know, inspire. I, I love, I love doing this. I can do this all day. Uh, oh yeah. yeah I, I can do tell. this all day. You're amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and it's awesome. And I feel inspired and touched and moved and you're just wonderful. So thank you so much.